This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू येट अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता फ्रॉम सिटी स्टिल इन लॉकडाउन एंड मच ऑफ द कंट्री स्टिल इन लॉकडाउन वी आर हेयर एट आर ऑफिस एट न्यूज लॉन्ड्री ऑन द पैनल टुडे विथ मी वी हैव टू पीपल हु आर नॉट इन ऑफिस वन इज को फाउंडर एंड माई फॉर्मर बॉस and journalist extraordinary madhut rehan after long time joining the hafta we were hoping you'd be here but the lockdown has prevented it even though you've not traveling so much anymore hi hello but why aren't you wearing a mask because i'm sitting in office with um, okay i'll just wear a mask why aren't you wearing a mask because you're home alone okay i'm alone i'm home alone <laughs> manisha is not wearing a mask you're not wearing a mask okay but we are sitting like more but than 3 feet haan, away office mein no please wear a mask okay fine and prateek is joining us from ahmedabad hi prateek Pratik is the co-founder of Alt News. It is a not-profit, not-for-profit fact-checking website. He became interested. Most of you already know who Pratik is, but those of you who may not, I shall just introduce him. He started exposing fake news when he was working with his activist parents, and then he's followed the rise of fake news. And as early as 2013, he had identified the problem, and he started a website, and he realized its impact in 2016 uh, when four Dalit boys were flogged for skinning a dead cow in Una, Gujarat. He quit freelancing as a software engineer in 2016 and founded Alt News the next year. So, welcome, Pratik. Pleasure to have you on Hafta. Thank you. Ah, uh, you've been on uh, the media rumble, and that's 2017, right? Ah, uh, yes. No, 20. He was there last year. 2017 and tw- I've come twice. Uh, yeah, 2017, 2017 or the first one. You had come for the first one also. I remember. Yes. But yes. you have you've been on the Hafta before, haven't you? I've spoken no, to no, you. No, no. This is the first time I'm doing this. Okay, but we spoke. What was that regarding? I don't even remember now. It was like long ago. Like, was I, that? You had no, already started Alt News then, right? No, I don't think we have spoken. I mean, I have spoken to you independently about a quote. I think of a, a oh, little bit right, right. about that movie. Which movie was that, it? Yes, uh, yes. The Deepika Padukone movie. Oh, the um, Chapak. The, Chapak. The, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. So, welcome. How are things in Ahmedabad? How's the lockdown there? Is it being followed very efficiently, or are people out and about? What's the situation? In my part of the city, it is being followed efficiently. I heard, you know, there are some other parts where people are coming out, but things are not very good. The numbers are rising very sharply, and uh, despite Gujarat being number two in the in the list, you know, of uh, not just cases but also deaths and the high death ratio, you know, Gujarat is largely being unspoken about. Had had this been a non-BJP state, you know, we would have every news channel would have been speaking about how there's so many cases in Gujarat, but of course. Well, the more, most problematic thing was, of course, Madhya Pradesh, when because of the whole government formation, every social norm of COVID hygiene was thrown to the wind, including the celebration when Shivraj Chauhan became Chief Minister. Yeah. All right. So uh, much has happened in the news, actually. But before we get to that, I will give you what are the latest figures as we record this. Uh, the global confirmed cases have crossed three million. We're at almost three point two million. The global recoveries have almost. Touched 10 lakh. That's 1 million. The fatalities are at 2 lakh 28 thousand. They've touched 2 lakh 28 thousand. India confirmed cases have crossed 33 thousand. Recoveries are close to 8 and a half thousand, and fatalities are almost 1100 now as we record this. Meanwhile, in the news, there was major shit storms caused primarily by the Palghar lynchings uh, and its <laughs> outcome. And then shit storms caused. <laughs> yeah, and and then what happened with Arnab and all that? We shall discuss that. Uh, what are the other headlines? Irfan Khan died tragically, yeah, as did Rishi Kapoor really... this morning. 
uh, we shall discuss that a little bit in other news rahul gandhi had a conversation with raghuram rajan which we all saw i saw some of it at least we can discuss that a little bit uh, the other headlines for the week have been the us commission on international religious freedom has called for india to be placed on religious freedom blacklist uh, the response to this was very interesting i think the external affairs ministry said uh, cast aspersions on the uh, importance of this body we may have a coronavirus vaccine by september says a pune serum institute i think the vaccines uh, that are being tested in oxford are already they've already reached the second stage uh, icmr has advised to stop using chinese made rapid testing kits there was a lot of controversy around that that mehraj can fill us on haryana has allowed the use of rapid test kits from south korean company and that that'll begin from that's already begun from a globally there was some mirth caused because of trump's press conference as always where he suggested that you could inject disinfectants and use sunlight to treat covid-19 that caused a lot of funniness and memes the delhi police has slapped uapa charge on jnu student sharjil imam in relation to the jamia violence there was also a raid on the aisa student unions um, the leader i forget her name what's her name no the sharjil imam uh, no the aisa leader there was a story in the wire the lady safura zargar Yeah, Safura. Okay. And uh, so they're one by one going after students and activists in the Delhi riots case. And so far, there's nothing been. Uh, Kapil Sharma hasn't even been interrogated. And of course, the JNU violence, everyone's already forgotten. CPJ meanwhile has urged seven Asian countries to release journalists. These include China, Cambodia, India, Myanmar, Philippines, Pakistan, and Vietnam. And uh, there's been some disturbing attacks on journalists also. in the run up in the past one week we were a journalist in chatisgarh who was questioned because he reported on a poor family that sold off its fridge because they weren't getting rations this is a dantewada case right yeah dantewada case we were a journalist in andaman who was uh, picked up because he questioned uh, the administration on twitter so he was asked why are you asking questions about the pandemic on twitter and of course the arnab goswami's 12 hour long interrogation that we should and this andaman journalist was taken away from a red zone yeah in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. yeah and because it's andaman so they had to take a ferry ferry him to a, a police station and they had to come back and all he asked is because the police had gone off quarantined a family who spoke to a covid patient on phone yeah he and says why are you doing this and he just asked that on twitter and they said why are you questioning us on twitter so pandemic is clearly being used by uh, some to and that was actually, usher in a police state th- but that that had been kind of predicted by some agencies that that have been looking yeah, at there, journalism yeah there's been a lot of think pieces on that also that you know so yeah so those are the headlines so let's just start with what our panel thinks a of this questioning of journalists and the most high profile one about arnab because you know that's a complicated one because you know people have hedged on that for a variety of reasons and i understand some but let me ask pratik pratik i think you personally have been often mentioned and targeted by arnab if i'm not wrong yeah have fault you? news he's actually called alt news fault news fault news as you call you fault news yeah that was recent uh, i think 3 4 days ago so what's your take on the whole fracas that happened this is an issue that i grapple with and and the more basic issue is you know whether freedom of speech what is more primary whether it is freedom of speech or freedom of or right to life i'm i'm not talking specifically about what he said about sonia gandhi but you know what arnav has been doing for a while for example what 
you know the way he has targeted people like umar khalid etc and we know that you know there was a attack on umar khalid uh, i think a couple of years ago when somebody tried to shoot him and you know the gun did not fire and things like that so this is a question that i have been most confused about as to what anchors or you know who have such access to audience are what is okay to say and what is not okay to say and is it okay for uh, news anchors to keep doing this hate mongering day in and day out which endanger lives of people who are much less privileged uh, than them so in that light but i mean specifically about what he said about sonia gandhi i don't think that merits a police investigation but again him communalizing the palghar incident and and what that entails in the larger scheme of things i'm not exactly sure i'm i'm not clear whether you know this should be considered a crime anymore or not because it is actually killing people it is you know for example food vendors are being targeted these days people you know the other day we did a story about how this man went to a police station uh, sorry a petrol pump in gujarat and dropped a few currency notes uh, this muslim man by mistake and he was targeted and a fire was filed against him accusing him of spreading corona etc so it has much larger ramifications what these news anchors do so i do think that uh, that you know some of it merits uh, them being questioned i see madhu what is your take on it the questioning of arnab does it merit questioning what he said about sonia has some you know pockets of the news world been caught flat footed that how do they respond to that is there is is there hatred for arnab superseding their desire to stand up for free speech yeah i i think i i do believe that free speech is important he should be allowed to say whatever he did well he has the freedom to say it and he said it now the question is also everybody else has the freedom to follow follow up on it in the sense that if somebody is filed an fir uh, accusing him of defamation or whatever is their freedom to do that also so i think it's part of the process and i'm pretty curious to know that he made all these accusations on camera about sonia gandhi and the vadra what he calls the vadra congress being responsible for all these uh, for the palgar incident and um, the thing is that for a journalist to make these accusations without any documents or proof or evidence i think speaks for itself so that by itself shows that it's not good journalism aise to kuch bhi kisi ke bare mein kuch bhi bol do i don't think that's right and i don't think that's journalism and i think that if he did have any proof of anything he would have shown it on camera he would have played that 5 seconds of recording or whatever he possibly has of if he if he had it he would have played it over and over again but obviously these are just wild accusations so therefore one can't look at it as journalism one can only look at it as somebody just making any wild accusations and anyone can stand in the street and say anything now the question is that people viewers should also understand that if you're watching this you're supporting it so switch off but what about the questioning 12 are questioning by the police i mean would you say that it is a misuse of authority of the state by harassing him well first of all you and i and everybody in india knows that the police really acts on their own they might act on their own on the street or you know arresting all these small here and there but when it comes to something as major as arresting any journalist or any or even questioning it usually comes from somewhere on the top now the question to be raised is who is instructing the maharashtra police hmm 
your take, uh, Mehraj. Uh, but before that, uh, Pratik, uh, quickly, would you consider this harassment of Arnab by the police of Maharashtra? Well, I agree with what Madhu is saying that you know, usually when something like this happens, it you know the instruction comes from the top and it is never suomoto from from the point of view of police. So no, I don't agree with the twelve-hour questioning. But my question is, you know, what what Arnab's conduct has been in in the larger scene of things, and what what should be done about it? Of course, not twelve-hour questioning, but there has to be something that there has to be some measure. We we can't just keep talking about freedom of speech and not talk about right to life of people. Uh, the you know he's endangering lives according to me. And what about that? That that is essentially my question. Right, Miraj, what is your take? First thing about the questioning, I think I mean harassment, obviously, but that is because the police in this country is designed to do that. It's meant to harass people. It it isn't meant to serve people. Hmm. Another thing is, I don't think it's a freedom of speech issue to begin with. Freedom of speech is I disagree with you, I agree with you, I say something that's not acceptable to the government or to somebody else. That's freedom of speech. Going on TV and lying, blatantly lying, criminalizing an incident, not just and this isn't just about Sonia Gandhi, for example, saying that she was ordered by she Vatican or, Vatican or, or whatever, all those insinuations couple of days before he had said all those migrants who had assembled in Bandra they were paid actors mm. based on what zero that is not freedom of speech that's lying so that is criminality so basically that comes under inciting inciting violence that's that comes under uh, disturbing public order so I don't know why this has become a freedom of speech issue in the first place what the freedom of speech issue is what Manisha was talking about earlier these Jamia students who have been arrested this Safura Zargar she is three months pregnant and she has been thrown in jail under UAPA under an anti-terror charge why because she protested that is a freedom of speech issue she disagreed with the government decision. Arnab is inciting violence. He's inciting communalism. That's not a freedom of speech issue. That's an issue of criminality. Manisha? It's a minefield issue, actually. But I think there are two aspects to it. One is what he said about Sonia Gandhi, where he basically said that she's uh, lynched people at the behest of handlers in Italy. That's exactly what he said, without any dog whistles. That's a problem. Uh, that's an issue that I think Sonia Gandhi should have dealt with and Congress should have dealt with as a party with Arnab Goswami. It should have been a you know personal, like either a civil suit. I'm not for criminal defamation, but I think this should have been dealt with a uh, civil defamation case. And Congress, instead of filing 100 cases in Chhattisgarh, Sonia Gandhi could have just come and said, the like Shashi Tharoor did when he accused hmm. him of murdering Sunanda. You file a civil suit and say that, boss, you're defaming me, you're uh, attributing motives, you're calling me a murderer. So, you know, I'm going to... So that's, I think, a private... It should have been treated as a private case between a political party and a news anchor or a politician and news anchor. The second aspect and the more disturbing, bigger aspect of this is that Palghar... You should read Pratik's report, um, Pratik Goel of News Laundry. This was a crime that was... That was the reason of rumours on WhatsApp. For two weeks, there were rumours on WhatsApp that led to a heinous crime. And here you have a guy on primetime television who's peddling more rumours. Hmm. We've already seen deaths... There are more rumours and more lies that he's peddled of saying that Hindu sadhus are in danger, that Hindu sadhus are being killed, that Hindus cannot live, you know, freely in India, we are under attack. This sort of thinking causes another reaction of violence. You know, you could have... And he says, ki padri ko mara to, uh, aisa hota, imam ko mara to kya hota. This blatant communalization has to be dealt with. I think there has to be laws that deal with it. I don't know if inciting communal passions or promoting public enmity or enmity between public can adequately deal with it. But it's time we start figuring out how to deal with this sort of speech. It can't be protected under free speech because we've seen murders because of this. Regarding your original question as to whether COVID is being used as a tool or not, we have seen spikes of misinformation 
every time there has been something which has grabbed the national attention. So whether it is Balakot, whether it is CNRC, whether it is Kashmir, every time there's something which, which sort of involves the emotions of people at large, you always seen spikes of misinformation because those who produce disinformation, they know that you know, it is the most effective time to produce disinformation because people tend to consume anything that is put forward, especially if it agrees, if it sort of adheres to a belief or ideology that they believe in. And an emotional issue, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. So Pratik so- is basically also uh, when there is an element of fear amongst people and there is a lack of uh, information, although I don't see a lack of information at this point in on COVID because uh, journalists are putting it out there, the figures are out there, and uh, also the puzzling thing of why the death rate is uh, low. So this is something I, I think maybe you can address also, Pratik, that people are not believing that the death, death rate in India that is so low is true. And uh, B, uh, BBC and Daily Mail, a couple of uh, British papers have uh, written that it's because a lot of people, Indians, die in their homes, and uh, so that it's not deaths are not registered. But the fact is, they might die on their homes, but the Shamshan Bhumis and the cemeteries where they are buried, that is recorded. So uh, my question is that: Do you believe the death rate? That's one question. And the second is that: Why do people spend so much time? making such elaborate fake news. <laughs> what benefit is there? Like, it's so elaborately put together. Must be monetary, no? It is not. Mo- I mean, ha, uh, directly monetary. Nahi hai. Okay, so uh, three questions. Number one, regarding Madhu's claim that journalists are putting out information and why are people still falling for misinformation? Uh, I think the issue is that of chaos of information. There's too much information coming uh, in through WhatsApp, through different channels. And even the information that uh, news channels are putting out, for example, uh, Baba Ramdev apparently was on a Ask the show a couple of days ago, and he's, he's made various claims about you know breathing exercises which can help you from not contracting coronavirus, etc. So, so media channels are also becoming megaphones for these false claims, these unscientific claims. So it is not enough just to occasionally put out right information. It is also very important to filter out all the misinformation that they are putting out. For example, uh, this case of, it started with this Arsenic Album 30, Ayush Ministry claiming that Arsenic Album 30 can be used as, as a prophylactic measure. And every news channel, every media channel put out that without any disclaimer that it actually doesn't work. So that is problem number one. Uh, problem number two, the question as to uh, why do people make such elaborate misinformation? It is not coincidental that we have fake news if you look at the pattern of misinformation. Now this Arogya Setu app, I'll just set the context for our audience so that they know where I'm coming from. So I'm just making sure I'm shown in good light. China basically could bring down the one case to just, I think, three or four active cases that they have now and no new cases. Officially. Officially. But they use this basically technology where everyone, they knew where everybody was going, who they were in touch with. So you were given a green, yellow, orange, green, whatever rating. So RAG Setu kind of does that. It tracks your movement. It will tell you, have you been in touch with anybody who has been tested corona positive? So yes, I guess it is an invasion of privacy because it tracks your movement, assuming you're carrying your mobile phone everywhere you go. And it has demonstrated, it is demonstrably a good way to 
control the spread of the virus. Now making it mandatory to download for any employee, okay, you know, we can talk about that. But I mean, I don't think it's such an easy liberty versus government, you know, control over you choice in today's circumstance. I mean, if Corona wasn't on it, it would be very easy choice for me. But today I'm not so sure. Madhu, where do you stand on this? Well, I think uh, quite a few uh, articles have been written on this that uh, the Modi government is uh, moving in a direction with just not COVID in mind alone and in some sense taking advantage of the situation. But of course, I think, as you're saying, uh, again, now you come into two minds because it would be uh, very useful in terms of uh, technology to be able to track people and warn them if they are, are near someone who has COVID and all that. So I think if ideally it should have been, ideally it should have been that we put it in and then say within six months or a year, it expires and then let's start again. So I think to have it on us for the rest of our lives is a bit of a stretch. Mehraj, what is your view? From all that I have uh, heard from, uh, read from experts and heard otherwise is the best way to do surveillance for coronavirus is to do testing, targeted, rapid, like extensive testing. That's not been happening. This thing, I mean, there are practical problems also. I mean, apart from the privacy problems is most of the, a lot of people are not coming forward to say that they're, they have symptoms or they're positive because of what is happening in quarantine centers and a lot of other things. That another problem is once you are in, in a lockdown, I mean, this app sort of doesn't make sense. Because if you are in lockdown, you are not going out and there's no point to do that. And even if this was necessary, the problem is that they have made it so opaque. There's no transparency around it. You don't know what the data is being used for, where it's being stored, who has access to it. So if it is that important in a democracy, China can do that because they don't have democracy. They don't care either way. But if you are in a democracy, these things should be out in the open. This is what we are doing with this. This is the data. This is who is going to use it. This is how it is going to be used. It's as simple as that. Manisha? So I would asked this question to Toma Puyayo, you know, that guy who wrote that Medium post, really long one, Silicon Valley entrepreneur. He said that basically whatever tech you have, you've got to use it at your, whatever tech you have at your disposal, you have to use it right now to effectively. Because uh, dictators will any fine... Anyway, find other ways of ushering towards dictatorship, So, which I kind of agree with. But in this case, there are lots of questions around this app. One is that we don't know which ministry is going to have access to our information. So if it's a health ministry thing, at least it should be, at least it should be clear that this data is, you know, health professionals are going to come together and access this data. So, you know, basics are not really clear about it. And for a Zomato, a private company, to make it mandatory for all their, uh, you know, private whatever party partners to download it, that I think is a bit much. I don't understand Zomato's random entry in this. So our producer, Aditya, just forwarded me an article which was uploaded on the 29th. Is today the 29th? 30th. 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 Yesterday. So yesterday, it's from the Mint. Government's Arogya Setu app to be installed on smartphones by default. So the government of India has approached, some, according to sources, some smartphone manufacturers that this should be in your walled garden. Walled garden, you get it, Pratik? लॉकडाउन इजिंग 
companies will start installing it on that note i would just like to ask the panel uh, you know if we could spend the last 10 12 minutes talking about these two people we lost this week's offer and awesome was actually recorded before we lost irfan khan and rishi kapoor so there will be no mention of that in case you're wondering how can we have a pop culture podcast and we haven't even acknowledged this happened because it was already recorded and we uploaded today but yesterday irfan khan died and today rishi kapoor died both very very big and important members of the indian entertainment industry irfan khan a member of the international entertainment industry in fact cnn yesterday was carrying you know longish pieces on him and i listen to the bbc podcast every day the bbc news podcast had about 4 minutes on him so he was clearly an important figure yeah, in the like world mira nair has written a piece in the new york times on irfan today so yeah madhu why don't you start both of them what do you make of this irfan's body of work speaks for itself I and mean, he was really magical in his range and everything that he did and he's one of that generation who did not come from a family propping him up or whatever he came from rajasthan he lost his father at a very young age who joined uh, i think he joined some uh, drama school in jaipur and then went to national school of drama and uh, if you see all the actors who come out of national school of drama they're just different they're totally different so he had that i did not know him personally though having you know casually met him but that doesn't mean knowing anyone however rishi kapoor i knew very well very oh. very well and um, out uh, he was i would venture to say he was raj kapoor's favorite son and <laughs> um, and uh, also because he was cheeky he was cheeky with him mm-hmm. and not reverential and he had a couple of uh, character traits that are common in almost every single kapoor family uh, person uh, which is that he has a great sense of had a great sense of humor had you in splits all the time and uh, his love of food like all kapoor uh, mm. family members and he just was really like all of them with a huge heart a very big heart so i know his family will miss him terribly and i and i think that he was really a wonderful wonderful human being did you watch a lot of his films like yeah i have seen his films which is your favorite uh, rishi kapoor film I think the comedies really the the later ones not his I didn't like his uh, you know bobby and all that that's a genre that I don't really click with uh it's too camp from in my for my taste but I think his recent ones which I uh, I liked him in uh, mulk I liked him in mantu I did like that crazy film kapoor and sons it was a huge flop yeah, I loved it for some reason I liked him in that I think that's those are the recent recent ones that I liked Yeah, uh, even with me with Rishi Kapoor, I'm not a big fan of his older films, but I liked him in his later. I really liked him in Kapoor and Sons and Mool Kalsi. He was good. Hmm. Okay, you can come back to it. But I think for me, um, I mean, I I'm rarely ever saddened by a celebrity's death. Like even if I really like their work, I never feel sad if they die. That's because like you're <laughs> heartless and a horrible person. I've always maintained that. No, but doesn't touch me in any. I, I'm like, oh, okay, good guy died, but I don't. But for the first time with Irfan Khan, I mildly teared up. just reading the obits and i really i really felt like it felt a bit of a personal loss and it and that's when i realized like wow he must really have had an impact with his acting because i wasn't like a fan or followed whatever but i i made it a point to watch all his movies in this theater because i think even with the worst of scripts he could just pull off a film you know and you would i would just go to watch him cuz it was guaranteed entertainment but yeah it felt really really personal for the first time for me knowing that okay i'm now going to watch him on the big screen again and what a body of work i think 
my favorite has to be i think makbool yeah i think makbool it did a fantastic is, job in all that english so medium angrezi medium english medium hindi medium yeah. all that series english. he was amazing lunch box heather yeah. also i mean hindi that's iconic medium, his yeah. scene i'm not that much into films yeah. and stuff but i mean other than just watching and stuff but whenever i mean if i were to go to netflix or amazon prime i'll search with irfan khan movies nawazuddin siddiqui movies because i mean <laughs> yeah. you know those are going to be really yeah. great absolutely yeah, and yeah, yeah. i watched absolutely. the lunchbox man the yeah. performance yeah. was just out of the world yeah you couldn't tell if this was an actor or this was just a person regular person yeah so on that note thank you madhu for joining us hopefully thank you. once this Bye. lockdown is over yeah, we'll have you it's so nice to see people <laughs> अरे आप बोलो तो आपके घर के आगे नाच ले हमारे पास प्रेस कार्ड है छोटा हफ्ता डू सब्सक्राइब यू कैन लिस्ट दफ्ता We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served, and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. and subscribe to our youtube channel